Hi, this is Pastor Stephen. I am the pastor of New Beginning Church in Singapore. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this podcast will build your faith. Hope you grow deeper in the word of the Lord and know Him personally in much deeper way. Enjoy the message. God bless you. Hi, welcome to New Beginning Church online service. We want to welcome you and thank you for joining in. Thank you for tuning in and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss any upcoming sermon. And share this sermon, this video with your friends and family. Also, don't stop at this point. Join our ESA group every Friday at 8 p.m. There's a link on our website for you to join via Zoom meeting. And if you want to bless this ministry, there are a few ways on how you can give on our website. The details information can be found at www.nbcsingapore.org slash give, G-I-V-E. Hello everyone, let's prepare our hearts to listen to the word of God and try to settle down wherever you are right now. So you may catch the rhema, the specific word that you need for this season. And so let me just jump straight to the word of God for today. My sermon title for today is called Home Alone. Home Alone. Yes, you get it right. I borrowed the title from a movie. Home Alone was produced in 1990. Home Alone was the highest, the highest growing comedy movie for 21 years. If some of you have not watched it, go ahead, watch it online. It should be easily available now. Here is a basic summary of the plot. It is the story of eight years old called Kevin who lives with the wealthy with his wealthy family in a large house in the US. And so for Christmas, the family is taking a vacation to Europe. And as all the relatives show up in his house, there was a lot of confusion in the house. And Kevin caused a ton of troubles. And when things get out of control, he was sent to the attic. He was sent to the attic bedroom to sleep alone. In the midst of this tantrum, Kevin told his mom, who punished him, that he hated her, he hated his mom, and that he wished he would never have to see his family ever again. And then the next morning arrives, and everybody wakes up late, in all the hustle bustle to trying to get, trying to get out of the door, getting out of the house, and make it to the airport on time. They took off to the airport without Kevin because there were a total of 11 children in the house. So Kevin was forgotten. Kevin was forgotten. He was left, still sleeping in the attic. And then Kevin finally wake up to find that he was the only one in the house. And in his understanding, he came to the conclusion that his wish has been granted. Oh no, his wish has been granted. His family has disappeared to his delight. So now, he is home alone and took control of the house. He could eat all the junk food he wanted and he didn't have to answer to anyone. He could do whatever he wants and nobody is there to tell him no. Nobody. Kevin was happy. Kevin was happy about this thing. To be alone at home at first. Yeah, at first. Just the beginning. But later on, he really missed his family. He was sorry that he was that he has wished his family to go away and wanted them back again wanted them back again 
he did not want to be alone again. Church, the word alone is something familiar, isn't it? It's something familiar. In the beginning of creation time, God created all things good. He said, it is good. He created something, it is good. It is good. But there's only one thing that God said, it is not good. That is when he looked at Adam alone. It is found in um, Genesis a sec place is Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 here God said it is not good for the man to be alone church we are not we are not created to be alone we cannot be the person God wants us to be if we remain alone and refuse to live in relationship with others if we stay alone refuse to live in relationship with others we cannot be the person that god want us to be now the case that i want to bring to you today home alone not directed towards a person who is single alone right now no boyfriend no girlfriend no husband no wife no i bring this message for everybody i bring this message for everyone we can we can be at home right now but we can be home alone we can be with all the family members around you husband and wife parents and children but at the same time we can be home alone doing things alone thinking alone struggling alone at home because there is no connection there is no real relationship within family members everyone seemingly a strangers to each other wearing their own mask just simply acting to be part of the family members you know, as you know, the coronavirus has forced, has forced many of us to spend more time, spend more time with our partner than ever before. Now we have to figure out how to, how to work at home together, how to parent the children, and how to simply get along in the same room all day long. And you know, as a result, newspaper report, the news report to us in China, while they had locked down earlier than us, there are high number of divorce filing in March, in the month of March. This simply say, just because we are spending 24-7 together, it does not mean we are spending time, quality, we don't, does not mean we are spending quality time together. Yeah? So, so the wearing of masks, the wearing of masks is not something that we do to cheat people. The wearing of masks is the reason why we become home alone. Let me just show you a picture here right now. Like this. This is the reason why we are home alone or become stranger to our partner, to our spouse and to each other in the house. Because we wear our masks into relationship. We wear our masks into our home. Okay, we can relate into this mass regulation in Singapore. If you are in the same household, if you are in the same family, we don't need to wear a mask. Okay, the wearing of masks isn't, isn't about dishonesty or need to deceive people. It's more about protection from getting hurt and getting rejected. Wearing a mask is like a defense, a defense mechanism. We wear, we wear different kind of masks to keep us from getting hurt, from getting hurt further. Wearing masks into relationship 
make us safe make us feel won't get hurt again but over time over time this become a relationship problem the more we wear our mask in relationship the more likely we are to become the person behind behind that mask my point here that i want to highlight is that wearing masks in a relationship not only will keep our partner our family at a distance but will keep you yourself at a distance from yourself leaving you feeling empty feeling angry disconnected and alone at home all right so i want to share i want to share to you with you this morning three type of masks that we wear that we wear into relationship and unconsciously the mask that we wear in a relationship will wear out the relationship itself so let me let's 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 identify the type of mask we are wearing into relationship so that we can find ways to unmask it to unmask it three types of masks that i want to share with you the mask we wear into relationship all right that's that's the thing that i want to share with you the first one that i want to highlight that i want to highlight to you the first type of mask definitely not n95 the first one is physical mask church it can be in the form of this mask it can be in the form of works chores or or, or habits or hobby sorry our hobby we wear this mask by burying ourselves with works works and works again household chores or even hobby in the pretext of being busy I have no time being busy we have a reason that we don't have time to get real close with family we use this as a valid reason to push aside all the real issues that arise in the family or relationship yeah we keep working and working and to go home just to crash on the bed just to crash on the bed and sleep and so we don't have to deal with the family issues nor spend time with our spouse or kids we, we wear that mask we wear what we call it we wear our mask we use works we use horse we use our hobby as a reason to push things away the real issues all the problems that arise in the family we push it away by wearing our mask one example is works right the next one the second one that i want to highlight to you is emotional mass emotional mass this can take a lot of forms right here we wear our emotional mass and become an actor become somebody else to hide our emotion our feelings our hurts our unhappiness our bitterness okay we hide our hurts we hide our bitterness disappointment unhappiness with another emotion to cover up we use we use another secondary emotion to cover up something like anger anxiety nagging are referred to as secondary emotion secondary emotion or angers angers become secondary emotion to cover up the real emotion that you have we become a drama queen and a drama king in the family a drama king you want to hide things what is really real happening inside you you come up with something else mass provide some emotional protection in the short run but not in the long run this will cause relationship problem the third one that i want to highlight to you the third one is spiritual mass 
take in the form of like lies. You know, what is the first reaction when we do something wrong? What we do? What do we do? We will cover up. And that is something natural as human, isn't it? It is part of who we are. It is, it is inherited from the Garden of Eden. They cover up. Adam and Eve, when they made mistake, they cover up. With what? The easiest way to cover up is to cover up with lies. Let me just read to you uh, one, one, one verse, All right, which is from Colossians chapter 3, verse 9. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9. Say here, Do not lie to each other, since you, haven't, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Right, so we often find example for this case in the Bible, spiritual mass in the Bible, with example of Pharisees, all right, where, where they pretend to be more spiritual, to be more mature with their faith, with what they do. Simply, they were just lying. You know the reason Jesus hated the Pharisees so much? Because they hide behind the mass, the mass of spirituality. They cover up their sin with religious work. But the things we have with our God, the thing we have with Jesus, is not religion. It is a relationship. You know, if we view Christianity as a religion, then what we can do, we will cover up. We will cover up with religious works. But Christianity is not a religion, it is a relationship. And when it is a relationship, we don't cover up, we open up. That's relationship. When we open up, relationship is strengthened. When we open up, trust is built. So in the same analogy, relationships sometimes, people do something good in the family, people do something super nice, overly nice to the spouse, to cover up the wrong things that they did. Alright? That's basically spiritual mass. They cover up with lies to cover up all the wrong things. You know, I didn't say we can do something we cannot do something nice or something good to each other. No, but don't do it just to cover up the wrong things that we did. Don't do it as a cover up. So to recap, there are three types of masks that we wear into relationship that will eventually wear out the relationship itself. The first one, physical mass, things that we do to cover up, right? Like we can use works, we can use hobby. The second one, emotional mass, is sec we use secondary emotion like anger to use, to use it to cover up the real issues within our heart. The third one, spiritual mass, the things that we do to cover up with wrongdoings. This is basically with lies. Church taking off mass, unmasking mass, is not ongoing process. It's not a one-time event. It took many years for this mass to develop, to be created. So it takes time. It takes a process to unmask them from our life. I want to share three things. Just now there were three types of mass. Now I want to share three things we can do to unmask, to unveil this mass. Right, so unmasking the mask in relationship. All right, the first one that I want to share with you quickly, the first one 
is when we try to unmask the mask that we wear in a relationship, the first, the first one that we need to do is we need to get real. Get real. We need to get real. You know, instead of getting real, sometimes with instead of getting real with the issue that we have in hand, sometimes we use physical mass. The things that we do to do with the things that we do to be busy with works with household chores, with children, with our hobby all day long, simply as a cover up. And we end up losing the real connection. We end up losing the real closeness and intimacy with the family. Because it seems that we only coexist, we only coexist in the family, but has no real connection in the relationship. It seemingly we only it seems that we only coexist with each other but has no real connection in the relationship. Now the question that you want to ask is how to get real? And I believe the key here is honesty. Honesty. We simply cannot get real in relationship unless we first be honest to ourselves, to ourselves. Then we can be honest to others. Don't use mass. Don't use working busy and to push it away the real issues you are facing in the relationship but to really sit down with the family and settle it to get real with each other with no cover-up because it takes two it takes two real honest people to have a real relationship let me repeat it again it takes two real honest people to have a real relationship simply to say we need to be honest to get real. We need to be honest to get real. Amen. If you can accept of who you are and get real with yourself, get honest with yourself, then you can start opening up to get real and honest to others. That's the first one. We need to get real. We need to be honest to get real. So the second one. The second one. First one, get real. The second one, we need to get healed. We need to get healed. As you know, the second mass that I was, I was sharing just now, emotional mass is what happened within us. Church, we cannot cover up the past, the past wound all the times with emotional mass. We need to open up the hurts so that the wound could get healed. The wound could get healed. Relationship are usually broken because one person has not asked for forgiveness or because the other person refuses to forgive or simply both of them, both of the case. Unless both the offender asks for forgiveness and the one that is offended forgives, relationship is somehow wounded and not healed. So the question is, how do we get healed? I believe this is the key to healing. Vulnerability is the key to healing. Vulnerability is the key to healing. Opening up our wounds and hurts and confiding in someone exposes our vulnerability, but also open up a healing process to take place. 
We cannot get healed unless we expose our wounds and let it heal. No matter what we do to cover up, no matter what we do, we will continue to bleed. We can mess or cover up the bleeding with food, the bleeding inside with food, with alcohol, with drugs, with works, with cigarettes, with sex. But eventually, it will ooze out and stain your life and your family life. We must find the strength to open up the wounds that is holding us back in our past, in our memories. And we need to make peace with them. With God's strength, we can do that. Let's take a look at James chapter 5, verse 16. James chapter 5, verse 16. Let me read it to you. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Let me repeat it to you. Confess your sins to each other. That's going to expose our vulnerability. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. See, church, healing could take place in the community, in the cell group, in the family, in the trusted relationship where there is honesty and vulnerability. Of course, we need to find someone whom you can trust and confide in and not someone who, can, who, who will start share your, your, your secrets, your sharing, your confession in the form of like the prayer kind of need, kind of gossip, the prayer need kind of gossip. So when, when, when I mention vulnerability, it's not for you to announce your mistake, your sin to the whole world, not to announce your dirty acts and make confession on Facebook or social media. If we do vulnerability by confessing in social media, we are not being vulnerable. We are seeking, we are simply seeking validation from other people. You know, we can only be open and become vulnerable only to God, to your family, and to a trusted friend. There's a saying in the Bible, there's a friend who is closer than a brother. So my point here is, my point here is, be vulnerable to get healed. Be vulnerable to get healed. And I believe God desired for us to live a vulnerable life with Him, with God. In doing so, we draw closer. We draw closer to God. We draw closer to Jesus. And Jesus often challenged those who en- whom He, he encountered to let go of the ideas that hide their true identity, that hide that hide their true self and ask them to take them off, to take their mask off. For example, the woman on the well that had five husbands, the story of Zacchaeus, Paul, etc. So vulnerability is the driving force of connection, is the driving force of connection and open up the door of healing. It's impossible to connect and it is impossible to get healed without it. But oftentimes, we turn, we make vulnerability into our weakness. We make ourselves as if we are strong. We try to toughen up, we try to harden up, we try to cover up to protect ourselves from being hurt further. Here's the problem, all right? When, when we shut down our vulnerability, 
we are shielded from further hurt. That's true. But we are also shielded from healing, love, intimacy, connection, and transformation. When I say transformation, this leads me to my next point. The first one, we need to get real. The second one, we need to get healed. The third one, we need to get transformed. We need to get transformed. Amen. The point of getting real and the point of getting vulnerable, the first two points, is not only for others to accept you and to connect with you, but it is the first step for us to embark on the process of transformation. No one can be changed. I said no one can be transformed if they are not honest and vulnerable. When I'm talking about transformation here, it's not about other people's transformation. It is about our transformation. We think after we open up, after we ex after we 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 share with them, we expect people to change and adjust to who we are. No. We ourselves are the ones that need to be transformed. We are the ones that need to be transformed. Amen. Let me just read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Nevertheless, when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. The mass is removed. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. But well, but we all sing the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces. Are being transformed. Those who are transformed, do not, they don't use masks. They have to be honest and they have to be vulnerable. Open up. Alright, so let's continue. Into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Of the Lord. Question is how to be transformed? Beside honesty, beside vulnerability, we need, the third one, we need consistency. We need consistency. We need to be consistent to be transformed. Because transformation is not an event that we do one time. It's not an event that we do one time, one thing. That's it. Being honest and vulnerable, we think being honest and vulnerable one time will change everything miraculously? No. Transformation requires consistency in the right direction from glory to glory. From glory to glory. This verse says from glory to glory just now. From glory to glory. Meaning it's progressive. It's progressive occurrences. We need to be consistent to get transformed. We need to be consistent to get transformed. We need to be consistent to get transformed. So let me just show you a real quick in the earlier first first 13 it's very interesting what i find out all right first 13 first 13 is about moses all right this is what it says paul had said this we are not like moses who would put a veil who would put a mask over his face to prevent the israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away, of what was fading away. What does this mean? Let me explain to you. 
This refer to a story in the Exodus chapter 34, where it is recorded that whenever Moses spoke with the Lord in Mount Sinai, his face would glow, his face, his face will shine, and that afterward he would cover his radiant face with a veil. I would, I had always thought that that was the case. That Moses wore the veil because the Israelites couldn't stand the brightness of his countenance. How many of you thought this way the same thing like me? No, church, I got it wrong the first time. The text doesn't say that. This is what the text says. In fact, the say the text says that Moses would not fail, would not cover up his face. He will show. He will. S H O W. He will show his face immediately after leaving the Lord's presence. Let me question you. Let me ask you: If your face is radiant, if your face is glowing, will you cover it up? No. Moses, the same thing with Moses. Moses put on the veil, the mask. If the glow or the radiance started to fade away, until he returned to God's presence, so that the glow could be restored, he will wear the mask. He will wear the mask. When it is fading, when it's like it's not shining anymore, he will put on the mask. So his. What I want to explain to you is the consistency for Moses, all right, for transformation to take place. This is what I want to make the case or make a statement. It took consistency for Moses to keep coming back to God, not only to maintain connection, but to progress in transformation. His face, radiant face, and only lasts for a few times, for a few moments, for a few, I don't know, a few days maybe. That's why he needs to keep coming back to be restored. So Moses need to keep coming back to God, not only to maintain connection, but to progress in transformation. Transformation is only is only possible when our faces are unfair, honest, and vulnerable. In that relationship, but also requires consistency in the right direction. Keep coming back in the right direction. Consistency requires consistency in the right direction, so that we are progressively being transformed from glory to glory in the relationship with God, as well in the relationship with our family. Amen. Transformation is not something that we do for God. But something that we do for ourselves, for our family, and for our benefit in becoming the person that God wants you and me to be. Amen. So to conclude, church, we weren't born with the mask. We are not born with mask. We put them on along the way. But in family and in any relationship. We should take them off. We shouldn't wear our masks at home because it is not good to be home alone. At home, we should be at home. We should be real. 
which should be healed and which should be transformed. That's the way. We do that by being honest, by being vulnerable in the relationship, and by being consistent in the right direction. So I pray, I pray today that your family will be blessed in whatever season that we are in. We will open up by being honest. We will share by being with, with the trusted with God, with our family members, so we can become vulnerability. When there's vulnerability, there's healing, and there is intimacy, and there's transformation. We are here for transformation. It's not for God, but it's for us, for our family. Amen. God bless you, and God bless you. I hope this message is gonna bless you and your family. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you that you have been with us in every season of our life. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You are always there for us. You are so faithful. Teach us today, O oh God, how to keep coming back to you, not to maintain connection with you, but teach us to be transformed into your likeness day by day for our family, for ourselves, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit continue to speak with us, to speak to us, help us to understand the purpose in every day of our life, in this season of our life. Give us the strength to do what is right. Give us the strength to do what we need to do in this season of our life. Let's just lift up both our hands and pray and receive the blessing from the Lord. May the Lord, may the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the anointing and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with all of us until Jesus, today and tomorrow, now and forever, until Jesus returns to welcome us to His place. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people says, Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. Hope you have been blessed. This podcast is made possible by generous giving people like you. If you want to support us, please visit us at www.nbcsingapore.org. www.nbcsingapore.org. God bless you.